got here just in the nick of time. What does that make us? Big damn heroes, sir. Ain't we just? The president is creating a new branch in the United States military. Space Force. <laughs> which Mark will run. I don't... Mm. <laughs> Welcome to New York's Upper East Side. Playground to all my friends. Want to know how the rich and popular live? Well, I live to dis and tell. Hello and welcome to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM, the film and TV radio show where a handful of film enthusiasts shoot the breeze about all things film and television. I am Marcus E. Ako with a very raspy voice saying, I'm extremely happy today because I have in front of me my fellow hosts of the show. Please introduce yourselves. I'm Laura Sampson and I have been watching quite a lot of TV and films recently not necessarily lockdown anymore since we're all sort of unhuddling out of lockdown now i've been the quality of the things i've been watching has gone up a tiny bit but i can't say that much okay we'll talk about it in a bit sure <laughs> I, I, and just just to clarify when i say that we're all looking at each other it's we're not in the same room we're in a, the same zoom meeting room if you will uh, but this is the first time i've seen you since uh, since we all left uh, each other a while ago anyway Let's get to the other person who's going to be d introducing themselves. Yeah, I'm David Campbell, or producer Dave. Um, I'm not going to say that I've been not watching a lot of TV. I've been watching a lot of TV, but some of it's been lots of repeats and comfort viewing and stuff like that. But I have watched a few interesting bits and pieces. And uh, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, just before we jump into what we've been watching, I just want to say I it's I feel great, you guys, you know, being able to chat to you because the last few episodes have just been me by myself, just talking into my recorder, and it's been a very lonely experience. Seeing you guys is it reminds me of of all the times that we've spent back in the studio, and it makes me long for when the lockdown is lifted, so that we can get back into the studio again and make magic happen. Does that sound corny? A little bit, but okay. in a good way. Okay, good. Good corny. Keep keep the corniness going. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. So just before I jump in, we go, we go, we'll go around and talk about what we've been binge watching, given different shows and talk about whether we like it, whether we don't like it, etc. But before we do that, lockdown, this lockdown has driven me so, has driven me to the point where I've almost fallen over the edge and watched Never Ending Story. I came this close to watching Never Ending Story. Um, yeah, luckily Sanity stepped in and uh, uh, I, I, I changed the channel really quickly and put on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which as I mentioned in the last week episode, I've been binge watching. There's like seven seasons of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. If you don't know what it is, it's a comedy, it's a sitcom, if you will, modern day sitcom set in a Brooklyn police precinct starring uh, his name escapes me. Yeah, Andy Sandberg from Lonely Island. Uh, the, the Lonely Island. Uh, he's also from SNL fame. Great cast, 
you have Andre Brower, you have Terry Crews, you have Beatrice, uh, Stephanie Beatrice, it's just tons of great performers just doing it. It's very addictive. I've watched them over and over again, but that's what I've been binge watching. That's one of the shows I've been binge watching. You can get it on E4, you can also get it on Netflix. Laura, tell us a show that you've been binge watching. Well, this is going back a little bit because I've just, I've binge watched quite a lot of things that are only six or eight episodes long, which I don't really count as binging, really. If you watch eight episodes of something that's 45 minutes an episode, it's kind of binging, but proper binging is when you haven't watched any of like a six series show, six season series of show, and then you watch the whole lot in like one week. And I'm afraid, listener, that I have done this. And in fact, I've actually re-watched some since I first talked about it a few weeks ago when I did a little rant on the show uh, of Gossip Girl. Gossip Girl. See, that's a show. I didn't I... watch Gossip Girl at the at the time, but now I've watched every single episode at least once. If is twice. is Gossip Girl objectively good? No, <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful, which it, makes oh, up for everything. It, it's beautiful, a beautiful looking, as opposed to beautiful in terms of storytelling and everything else. It's beautiful looking, but it's not a good, not a good show. Well, I the more I watched it, the more I had problems with the way some of the actors would say the lines. You know, when as an actor, you probably do know this. Sometimes people say a line and they'll put a stress on a strange word in the line. And you're like, no, you're talking about yourself. So you need to stress me, not um, of, or these kind of things happen more and more. I think they must have just been writing the script on the fly as it got towards series four or five, because actually no one cares what people said. It's just what they wear. See, now you're making or me do. want to watch it even more and more because I want to see how bad it is. So It's not, I mean, <laughs> it's very enjoyable to watch and I'm quite glad I got to binge it in such a greedy way in the fir- in sort of during the first couple of weeks of April, I think. I, yeah. I binged the whole lot and there was something like 90 hours. So where, do you, where did you find, where did you get to find uh, Gossip Girl? If people want to watch, if people like myself want to put themselves through that and watch Gossip Girl, where can we get it? I think it was Netflix, although I don't know about you, but all of the different streaming services are sort of melding into one. Netflix, though, is brilliant. And, you know, I've been looking at the chart, the Netflix chart over the last few weeks, and I've basically just been watching something in the top 10. So... You know, the Michelle Obama documentary, I watched that in one day. Uh, the Last Dance and Michael Jordan documentary, I watched that. Mm, I only watched that in two days because the first, the last two episodes weren't out the day I started watching it. And now I've watched all of the ugh, horrible Jeffrey Epstein documentary. I watched all of that in one day as well. Yeah, you're racking up on the documentaries there. Documentaries, yeah. To- top 10 netflix get everyone watching something sort of uh telly yeah of course ne- I, I i agree netflix uh, their uh, game their game they've lifted their game of in this lockdown especially over the last few weeks um but we'll come back to some of the other things that i've been watching i've also been I've moving away from netflix and watching some other things on other streaming services however um david let's go to you what have you been watching uh, in this lockdown um one of the shows i've been watching quite often during this lockdown, and I don't know why I keep coming back to it, but it is still a, still a, a good show. It's the Almighty Johnsons. I was going to say Almighty Johnsons. <laughs> I have been sort of like every time I'm stuck for something just to have on and quickly dip into and out of, um, I've just gone to Almighty Johnsons. So um, 
one of my favorite episodes is called Folk Moot, but it's a, and it's, it's a long involved one, but it involves one of the characters introduced to another one of the goddesses, well, one of the god families in a carnal manner. And it's just so funny the way they do it. <laughs> now, I, I, you know, it's just one of those episodes I keep going back to. I have also watched The um, Mandalorian. I watched that a couple of times. Really enjoy that. I saw Chernobyl again, which, you know, is deeply upsetting. Really made me rage against the Russian machine. But then again, I had to pull my neck back in and think to myself, well, there, there is no other... The other governments around the world are just as bad in, in certain aspects. Um, and they probably, they may not have done exactly the same thing, but they've, you know, they've done just as bad um, things like that. And um, today, the reason why I mentioned that is today, I, I've, I've heard that it's been nominated for 17 BAFTAs. Wow. The highest number of BAFTAs nominations going. So yeah, I, and I was 17. like- 17! 17, 17 BAFTAs. It was, you know, I was, I was, I'd completely forgotten about it. I'd watched it and then put it to one side, completely put it to one side. And then I was watching the news and it's, yeah, the BAFTA nominations came out, 17 BAFTAs. So yeah. And as a result of you saying, I've started watching um, the beginning of uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I found on um, E4, or should I say all four, um, that they started to, uh, well, there's a box set of shows called Hill Street Blues. And if you've ever, I mean, I don't know if anyone's ever watched it. It's an old... Yeah, 70s cop, cop show, right? 70s My dad used to watch it. Brilliant, because it changed the whole face of cop shows, to be quite honest. Um, the way they filmed it, the way the, the, the dialogue, the characters, everything. Instead of focusing on just one set of characters which had been the case up until then there was a there was a, a a cast of characters and you started to build pictures of all these different lives of all these policemen and i started watching that and i got in touch with belka who is just genius absolute genius character really 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 genius character um but yeah i started to watch that again as well so that ran for a, that was one that was a show that won many a Emmy Award, to be quite honest, and was the beginning of the upsurge of MTM, uh, Maritime and More Enterprises, which produced a whole array of brilliant shows at that time. And I'm going to start on St. Elsewhere soon, but that's another story. Excellent. As you listen to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM, I'm Marcus E. Ako. I'm Laura Sampson. I'm David Campbell. I'm trying to work out which one to say. You see, but producer Dave or Dave Camp. I think yeah. I'll give producer Dave. Go with the flow, whichever one you want to go with. Uh, yeah, so, go, go with producer Dave from now on. <laughs> yeah. So, we're just going through uh, um, uh, what TV shows we've been watching while on lockdown. I mentioned Brooklyn Nine Nine. Other ones that I want to talk about, which I've been watched, uh, watching at the moment, which I've watched. Um, during uh, this lockdown, uh, upload is on Amazon. It's a it's a comedy uh, series, comedy drama, if you will. Uh, it stars uh, Robbie Amell, Andy Allo, and a number of other people. Robbie Amell, those people recognize them from uh, from the early days of the Flash TV show. Uh, he's also cousin to Stephen Amell, who is. Green Arrow. If you're familiar with the Arrow series on uh, the CW, so the show is it's 
set in a future uh, where it's, it's distant, not not distant future, the near future or whatever, where when you when you die, just before you die, you can have your consciousness uploaded into this virtual reality network, so your loved ones can still interact with you and so on and so forth. And they have you have like angels, which are people who are sort of uh, service center. Uh, administrators uh, help desk administrators who communicate with you while you're in the virtual reality and they help you with different stuff it's very funny i i didn't think i was going to like it i fell in love with it after three episodes and i just binged watched the entire 10 episode series on amazon in two days so laura when you were saying how it wow. takes you a week to binge watch something no you don't you don't come near my levels i binge shows in a matter of days so it's uh yeah so upload even, even if there are six like six different se- seasons of 10 episodes okay so if we say if we're talking let's say if we're talking seasons now what did i binge did i clean i cleaned the entire set of seasons in if if there are more than three seasons a week a week i'll be able to do it if it's like three seasons and below i can do it in two three days now you may be thinking well how do you get to enjoy it i multitask and that's how i multitask i have stuff on my phone i watch it while i move around um uh, i do washing i do the homeschooling stuff while the kids are doing their homeschooling i'm like this is what you need to do this is what you need to do and do it quietly while i go and sit in the corner and wait and i'll wait there for like 15 minutes while i'm watching stuff and you know me i don't sleep i basically have four hours of sleep a a night so i'll watch things till about 3 a.m go to sleep wake up at about eight in the morning before everyone else is up in lockdown that's lockdown timing and i'll watch for another hour and so on and so forth so i catch up on all these stuff so that was one that i watched another one that um i want to sort of give a shout to it, it's on bbc which is i only just discovered it came back was mayans those of you who are fans of sons of anarchy the um the bike you know the the motorcycle biker gang um starring oh, i can't remember his name the british guy that he plays american but also has um I'm, I'm forgetting names, obviously, but it's it's about a motorcycle gang. That's Sons of Anarchy. There's a spin-off called Mayans, which is about another uh, motorcycle gang, and it kicks off after uh, Sons of Anarchy ends. And season two is now on a BBC Two. You can get it on the box set, uh, and it's great. It's a great show. It's just if you like this, the you know tension and the drama of the motorcycle gangs, sort of trying to stay straight, even though they're rooted in in crime it's a great show to to catch up on um all right so here's a question i wanted to ask you guys as we've gone around on tv shows that we've binged what about movies uh laura we'll start with you what movies have you seen um during the lockdown that you want to talk about either that it was great or that it wasn't i haven't seen as many movies as i have tv i've really found it much easier to dip into uh bits of telly although quite a lot of the telly i've the fiction telly I've watched does have a feel of a film. I felt like uh, Devs, if you watch that on iPlayer, that really felt like a film to me, a slightly overlong film. Um, but last night I watched um, this movie that I'd never even heard of before. Don't, don't ask me where my brain was a couple of years ago. Dave Made a Maze about this guy, a kind of frustrated artist who builds a cardboard edifice in his apartment, which is sort of a TARDIS-like bigger on the inside than the outside. And him and all of his friends go into this maze and they have 
this really surreal adventure. And, um, you know, a couple of people die inside this maze. It's really like like a labyrinth. You know, there's a minotaur in the, in the center of the labyrinth and everything. And then they, they come out and, you know, they've sorted out a lot of their problems. But it was, I really had a problem with it for the first about 20 minutes because it's a really, really very silly premise. But it was quite touching in the end. Uh, I can't remember the name of any of the actors, of course, but it was something uh, that got sent to us on DVD through Cinema Paradiso. Um, I think we might be the last people in the country to get DVDs delivered by the post. But my housemates are old fashioned like that. And so this was one of their things that I just sort of sat down and went, OK, fine, I'll, I'll watch it. Sure. Spe- speaking of DVDs, we still have uh, DVDs from Blue Story. Blue Story, we the um, the promotion team behind Blue Story sent us DVDs saying, "Feel free to to send these to any of your your uh, audience members who are interested in any competitions you may do." And we didn't have many people uh, respond to us, which is kind of disappointing. I'm uh, slightly disappointed, but we have we still have some DVDs uh, in you know uh, held with us blue story which is the the uh, film by rapman about gangs in in the uk and um, if you, we still have the the competition going if you want us to send you a dvd copy of blue story just send us on um, either instagram at shoot the Bree show or on twitter at stb underscore resonance fm just tell us what top five category you would like us to talk about in one of our next or upcoming episodes and we'll send you a dvd cleaned obviously sterilized so that it doesn't come with anything and you get it and you can watch and enjoy blue story it's a great film it's 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 quite uh, it's quite impactful um watching it because david i know you said david just to jump to you you you've you've you saw it a while ago before the lockdown is that correct yeah, I saw it in um, November, December, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember you were raving about it. I did want to watch it. I didn't have the opportunity to until obviously lockdown, and then it was right there. I was like, hey, I've got the opportunity to watch it, and it's very, it's a, it's a rap for his first film, first feature film, um, definitely. And I, I saw somewhere that he's already started working uh, in development on some other films or TV show with some people. I can't remember, maybe Jay-Z, perhaps, but um, I know... Been, yeah, he's been pulled over to America to work on a couple of films over there. Yeah. And film shows. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's done... He's doing good. I'm, yes. I'm glad to, I was glad to hear that. He's on his way. That's good. Um, now, David, over to you. What films would you like to talk about that you watched while on lockdown? Oh, gosh. I, I've watched loads, and I, I've forgotten them, to be quite honest. I've been watching quite a lot of TV bits and pieces. I mean... Um, the thing that's caught my attention at the moment is Space Force on Netflix. Um, but Space I'm Force. I'm not going to go into that at the moment. Uh, I, I, there's a lot I could say about that. Uh, the last film I remember watching was a DVD. In actual fact, I put, as, as I said in a few weeks ago, I was doing some cleaning as you do during lockdown of sort of like bits and pieces in the cupboard, and I found a whole heap of DVDs that are still sitting there, which I'm going to sort of like go through and get rid of. But um, I remembered that I, I saw that I had Galaxy Quest and I was in need of a laugh. So I pulled that out and had a good old view of that. Um, I don't know why, but TV, the films that have been on TV, I've not always been that interested in watching, to be quite honest. Um, they've been an awful lot and they've done a good... Uh, I think the TV channels have pulled the stops out in trying to entertain us, but not everything has been entertaining or has been shown at the right time. I mean, I've yapped on about Contagion 
till I'm blue in the face. Um, I, I still think that's a really good program to watch. But yeah, I can't remember all the, t- all the, all the things. Mostly, t- uh, mostly TV shows. Yeah. I can go on uh, Space Force if you want. I've only watched two, uh, two or three episodes. Here's here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. I'll I'll talk about the movies that some of the movies I've yeah, watched. Um, movies. And then and then we'll talk about space uh, space space force. And then yes. we will we'll wrap up and then move into um, film and TV news. And I'll introduce what that's going to be and so on and so forth. But the films that I watched, I watched one in particular. Well, two in particular that I want to draw attention to both on Netflix. One was Extraction with Chris Hemsworth. And I thought that was really good. It was a nice taut trailer and the taut uh, thriller uh, about um, this mercenary who sent into an Asian country to rescue a kidnapped son of a a gangster, of a, you know, warring gangster. and it is, it's great. It's, it's essentially, a lot of people have been describing it as Thor meets John Wick, where it's Chris Hemsworth, uh, you know, massive human being as he is. And then the fight style of John Wick, where you see him just tear through armies of people, like very physical, like you, you don't cut away from any of the action. And there's one bit in particular where a character gets run over by a car in the middle of a fight, gets up and carries on fighting. It's kind of, it kind of reminded me a little of Ong Bak and The Raid as well, where it's very, it's a very tough watch. If you're into um, to fighting movies, a lot of martial arts movies, action movies, you will love Extraction or The Extraction on Netflix. A, a, the other side of things is um, Lovebirds, which is also on Netflix, and it stars Kumal Nanjiani and Issa Rae. I love both of them. Issa Rae, um, the writer uh, um, and actress behind the show Insecure, which I thought is, is, is a great show. It's kind of compared to Atlanta in terms of quality. I thought, you know, that was great. Kumal Nanjiani, you recognize him from some films such as Stuber or The Big Sick um, or TV shows such as Silicon Valley. He's the uh, the Indian character in, in that movie, in, in that show. And he's a very funny character. You put these two funny characters, funny actors together in this film and the film was horrendous. I watched it and I was like, I, I was looking forward to it. I saw a trailer and I was like, this is going to be great. You know, said, we're going to put this on. And everyone else was like, yeah, not so, yeah, no, don't, not so much. I'm like, don't worry, you're going to enjoy this. They were like, nah, don't worry. So I was like, fine, I'll watch it by myself and I enjoy it. I put it on and I laughed five times in the entire movie. I was, and I, I was like, it was extremely disappointing. The story is like they were forcing it to move. There were certain scenes where like there's literally no reason for this scene to be here. It adds nothing to the plot. There was one entire scene as well where it's just absolutely nothing to the plot apart from just having to spoon food the main characters to go in a particular direction. It's like, why? That just it didn't make any sense. It wasn't that funny. It wasn't funny enough for me to 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 give it a pass. Kamal Nanjiani and Issa Rae, I think, are great. Um, and effectively, that's what the entire movie was relying on. It was relying on the, you know, the audience's love for those actors to carry it through. And it's clear, it's evident in it. Um, but yeah, so that disappointed me. <clears throat> One last little bit on TV shows before we get jump into Space Force. Dave, TV show called Dave. It stars. It, it um, stars um, the uh, was it Dave Berg? Dave Berg. 
better known as Little Dicky. He's a rapper, a white rapper called Little Dicky. You, you, those of you who follow who follow the pop uh, pop charts may remember may remember a track he came out with last year uh, with Chris Brown called Freaky Friday. Um, where he swaps bodies with Chris Brown and he swaps bodies with um, Ed Sheeran and um, DJ Khaled and uh, one of the Kardashians or whatever. So, he, and if he, I've been following him for years, he's he's a comedic rapper. His that's his whole style. His whole style is that he's it, it's it's about stoner comedy. It's uh, gross, perverse kind of hot comedy. But he's a very talented rapper. So the TV show Dave. It kind of is like a is like a doc, not a documentary, no, documentary is not the right word. It's sort of like based on his life, similar to stuff like um, Curb Your Enthusiasm, um, where it's following Larry David as though he's living his real life. That's the same thing as this, this um, as Dave. So you see him trying to get into the rap industry, working with various rappers such as um, uh, Macklemore, who makes a comedic appearance of great comedic appearance that pops up in there um they mentioned meek mill and a whole bunch of other people as well so you follow it and it's very poignant there's the reason why it i really wanted to talk about it now i watched the first two episodes and i was thinking this is funny it's great i can watch it, it it's it's from um fx uh, fxx the same people who um produced atlanta so you can get the same sort of sense as to what you know the the, <clears throat> the passion and the storytelling that he tell in the film in the in the TV show. Anyway, get to episode three, and there's a character in it, and they explore that character, and that episode deals with mental illness in a very open, honest, frank manner. That I watched it, and I thought, damn. I did not expect this level of depth in such a juvenile TV show. And it is it, from that episode, I was like, I'm with you all the way to episode 10. Binge watched it in two days. Love that show. Cannot wait for the second one to come back up. It's called Dave. You, just check it out. Tell me what you think. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Akko. I'm Dora Sampson. I'm producer Dave. And we're just about to rave about Space Force. We'll talk about Space Force before we jump into our film and TV news, which will be an interview, which interviews um, with the um, some of the actors behind the film, The High Note. Some of them, um, Tracy Ellis Ross, Kevin Hall- uh, Kelvin Harrison Jr., Ice Cube, Dakota Johnson, and Eddie Izzard. Uh, we'll, as we've been doing the last few weeks, we've been having interview clips with them, not with us. Wish it was with us, but it's not. Obviously, as it's lockdown, there's no way we can interview them. But they've been posting interviews to um, uh, broadcasters such as ourselves, and we can put those interviews about this movie, which is coming out called The High Note. But that more of that to come in a few minutes, and then we'll do top five favorites, which is going to be a flashback to one of the last times that all three of us did top five favorites. So it'll be a, a surprise as to which one we're going to use this week. But anyway, before we jump into that segment, uh, First, uh, producer Dave, before we come to you, Laura, have you seen Space Force? No, so I'm going to have to listen and learn. Okay. Producer Dave, tell us, what is Space Force? Um, Space Force um, is a new comedy series on Netflix. It was uh, created by um, Steve Carroll and someone else. I think it's Greg Daniels. Yes, Greg Daniels. 
Yeah, and they um, they started it as a result of something that uh, POTUS said. Now, most people who don't know who POTUS is, it, POTUS is an acronym, acronym for President of the United States, P, small o, T, U, S. Um, he said they were going to create a space force and have <laughs> boots on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Boots on the moon by 2024. Now, the reason why Marcus and I laughed was because there's a joke in, in the film, uh, in, in the series, in the first episode, which I'm not going to repeat. <laughs> it's not rude, but it's... Uh, <laughs> you, you can guess what it is if you change one of the letters. <laughs> we're, we're not going to spoil any of the jokes. We're not even going to talk much about it. Just the fact that you've described it as it is, is essentially what you need to know. It, but anyway, um, it's got some really good stars in it. It's got Steve Carroll, who starts, takes the lead role. Lisa Kudrow is in it as well. And, I, and I'm, I have to say I'm disappointed because she hardly appears. I mean, she, she is there and then she's not there. And you, you, you start wondering where, she, I, I think she's kind of wasted from what I've seen so far. And John Malkovich, who oh. is just the business, is... It, He's the grounding force in that show, but he, what comes out of his mouth is just pure gold sometimes. It's just so funny. Um, saying all that, um, the show is still missing something. It, it's funny, there are really good funny scenes in there, but there is just something just not quite right. I'm gonna stick with the show because I think it's really funny. And some of the, um, the spot-on jokes are hilarious when especially when uh, one of the characters turns around and saying we're waiting for our orders to come through via the next tweet and it's just like you know it is just totally spot-on they're talking about the president of the united states delivering his instructions via twitter and it, it is so true so you know Sorry, you're going to say something? No, absolutely. No, I, I, agree, I agree with you 100%. It's literally the, the show, even though obviously it's, it's come out now, but obviously they would have made it over the last year or so. But they yeah. capture, they capture, it's sort of, it's, it's, a lot of people have been talking about the fact that now Trump is president. It's sort of what happens with comedians. Are they still able to create jokes? They don't need to create jokes. They just need to turn on the TV and capture what is there. And that is practically what they feed into this. So a lot of what you're saying absolutely happens. So even when you talk about the tweets and whatnot, we've seen him uh, come out with tweets, like what's happening right now, um, where he's been tweeting and it's become news. It's newsworthy. They capture that within Space Force. A lot of the stuff that they're talking, they talk about in the show actually has been, has happened after the show was made, uh, which yeah. is great. But I do agree with you as well, where you, when you, your point where you said it's lacking something, um, I think it's, it's the fact, it's poignant in a sense, but it, it's, it's similar to what I talked about, about Dave. I think the fact that it, with Space Force, it is still too light, right, in terms of tone. It, it, there's a lot of, it's, it's funny, uh, and yeah, they tried to go a little bit on the sentimental schmaltzy side a little bit, but it doesn't have that bite. And that's, that's the only thing that I think is, is left. Because the whole idea is this, it's Space Force, it's supposed to be ridiculous, and they keep in that campy, ridiculous note. It's still funny all the way through, 
But if they were to add something a little bit more real, a little more poignant to it, that's the bit that it'll be make it essentially fantastic and 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 eternal but the thing is i can see it going for two seasons tops and then it'll fade and then people won't remember it at all but in order for it to be lasting like uh, veep or um or any of those other shows that are similar in that regard or even the office because um I, um the characters you know you have steve carell and uh, some of the actors as well who are from the office the, the, the pedigree is basically the and i'm talking u.s office not uh, the uk office the same people who created the u.s office and the same ones who created this one right um and also you have influences from people like from parks and rec the reason why those ones are as long lasting as they are they have they they dive in and they hit those deeper notes, those emotional core notes, where you can be, you you, you know, you'd be afraid to to do that because you don't know where the next laugh is going to come from. The moment Space Force hits that, that's when it's is going to become immortal. But it's not there yet. And I, I, if they carry on like this for another season, I guarantee it'll be it'll be cancelled after two seasons. But for now, I love it. I've watched it, binge watch it. It's very light and breezy. It is. It's it just, is. you know, 20, 20, 25, 25 minutes, 22 minutes or whatever, you're done with it and you move on. Um, but the yeah. one thing I'm talking about Space Force, and I, I think people will t- turn around and think, you know, that they're, they're inventing something. They're not. Um, Space Force exists. Yes. The US Army have actually launched Space Force. And I think um, Netflix timing for the release of the show. The release of the show was, um, what was it, the 29th of May, mm. when they released the show. Space Force actually launched at the beginning of May, if yeah. you see what I mean. Absolutely. So, you know, they, they were making this knowing that the, the, the actual Space Force was going to be launched. And um, uh, the first episode, I, I think, smacks more reality than I actually gave it credit for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On the day until I actually went onto the online and saw that they actually just released the space balls and they're actually recruiting now as well. Of just course, in case. but but again, I agree with you as well. Where um, John Malkovich is, the, he's the he's the he's the man. Honestly, there's again, like I said, not spoiling anything, but just the 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 drunken scenes with John Malkovich, just fantastic. They just just brilliant. Anyway, you're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Akko. I'm Laura Sampson. I'm producer Dave. So say, do you guys want to say anything, just give shout outs for anyone or any TV shows you want people to check out before we jump into film and TV news? I love She-Ra. A new series of She-Ra came out uh, on Netflix a couple of weeks ago. Um, I've watched the first... You know, it's been going on for a couple of years. I've enjoyed the first four seasons or so. It's, uh, you know, it's kind of a um, kind of anime style reboot um, of the original 80s TV series. And um, they've got to a point now where the scales have fallen off everyone's eyes. The first lot have. But if you've seen the cartoons from before, you know there's a whole another kind of, meta planet level of reality to go before they can finish the whole thing um i'm, a, I'm hoping that's going to happen before the end of this series because i think they're going to cancel it after this series and concentrate on he-man but if you want to see you know kind of uh light not too 
not too adult car like cartoon type thing on Netflix. I definitely recommend that. I've recommended it before, but the new okay. series just as good. Okay, David, what about yourself? Um, nothing new. I, I'm just going to encourage people to actually try watching um, The Protector because I actually, I do think it's a bit light. The first season is a bit light, um, but it is getting better. Um, the reason why I would like people to actually give it a try, I know that a lot of people don't like watching something that, that has subtitles on it, but I just think um, if you've never been to Turkey, this through watching this, you'll be encouraged to go to Istanbul and just see the sights. It's a gorgeous city. But the storyline itself, the characters, um, there's scope for in improvement, which does take place during season two and three. But it's worth it's worth it's definitely worth watching, especially to get out of the bubble of everything is in English and everything comes from America or UK. Um, the same reason why I'm actually what I watch quite a lot of um, rewatch quite a lot of uh, um, Almighty Johnson simply because it's just from somewhere else, if you see what I mean, and yeah. a different accent and different difference. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's that's great. Uh, for me, what I want to recommend is a TV show uh, that um, uh, Iki El Amriti um, talked about as well, called The First Team, which is on BBC Two uh, at the moment. It's about uh, it, it's a, it's about a fictional um, Premier League club. It's kind of like um, there was that show. Is it, uh, it, it about footballers? It's on it was on Sky One a long time ago. I just it's not football or footballers' wives. That's a different thing. Dream Team, Dream Team. There was a different show called Dream Team on Sky One. It's kind of like a soap opera following football players and their you know management and their wives and so on and so forth. This is a different one. This is it's like a a comedy. It's a short comedy on BBC Two about the misadventures of three young football players in a fictional Premier League. And it's got um, Will Arnett in it, so you recognise his voice from Lego Batman. Or if you are a huge um, uh, Arrested Development fan. He's Job from it. I'm a Arrested Development fan as well. So I love it. Oh, Bojack Horseman. He's the voice of Bojack Horseman. So he's in it as well. Uh, and the number of other characters who are in there. It's so it's it's funny. You've seen the first episode. I want to catch up more episodes, but it's on BBC Two as well. Uh, so I just want to say thank uh, It's you know, Laura, great to catch up with you. David, great to catch up with you again. We're going to jump straight into film and TV news. <laughs> You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus Iaco, and as promised, here are some interview clips from some of the cast uh, of the film A High Note. Got one more song for y'all tonight. If you told 12-year-old me that one day I'd be working for Grace Davis, she's an icon. You okay? Do I not look okay? No, you look great. Amazing. I know you think that she's going to give you this life-changing shot. Make you her producer? Yes. This woman doesn't even know your last name. She does. Sometimes. Margaret! 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 Hi. I want to 
want to go through my closet and donate things that aren't sparking joy. What drew me to this movie and this script were numerous things. The fact that Maggie and Grace were both two women on this journey to become more of themselves and to do what they wanted to do despite what the world wanted from them. And I felt that was an incredibly universal story. Um, and I also really connected to it personally, this idea of being afraid to let some of you out, um, afraid to share a different part of you or a different dream and to do something different than what is expected of you and to face that fear and the possible criticism or any of those things, but to still follow your own heart. So the message of the film um, and finding one's voice uh, really excited me and the fact that I would get to sing, uh, which has been my longest, biggest dream and also biggest fear to face that. Um, and the combination of those two things just felt perfect. <laughs> Should we go back to talking about TV and film now? Absolutely. How about we move into the next segment, which is top five favorites. In honor of all three of us, hashtag it's all about the three-way, you know, all the three of us coming back into the studio, myself, Marcus, Laura Sampson, and producer David being in the studio uh, talking about films. We figured we'll do our top five favorite reunion films or reunion movies. And it's just the three of us. So we'll start with Laura Sampson, who will tell us her number five and number four. And we'll go to David, who will say number five and four. And then me, number five and four, until we get down to one. So, Laura, do you have your uh, your top five? Yes. What is your number five and number four? My number five is Gross Point Blank. I tried not to choose it because, like, it's just, like, <laughs> the reunion movie, like, anyone could think of first. Like, apart from um, all, like, Marvel Universe movies uh -huh. where you're like, oh, yeah, I think I've seen, I think I fought against you uh, about five, five or ten films ago. Oh, yeah. yeah I but you. we're friends now, aren't we? Um, but anyway, yeah, we played uh, it. We played a clip from the at the top of the uh, episode. So yes, as, yeah. it's a it's a really obvious choice, but it's one of those films that in my house my household particularly we just keep on coming back to. We love it. Um, we love the acting. We love the story. Um, and you know, awkward high school reunion <clears throat> scenes in films, just in general, I just love them. Something awful always happens. And, uh, <laughs> oh, that would, it's yeah. just wonderful. Yeah, tons of, well, no, no, tons of awful things happen in that reunion, but uh, a lot of revelations happen in that reunion, and it's... Uh, it's uh, well, revelations. Re let, yeah, let's call them revelations. We'll call it that, yeah. What's your number four? My number four is The Parent Trap, which was on telly um, when I was, last week when I was in America. Is that the um, uh, the uh, Lindsay Lohan version? No, the... <laughs> the <laughs> the original? The original version. What's wrong with, with the Lindsay Lohan version? She was amazing in that. I just didn't see it. Oh, okay. I'm, I don't, I'm not biased in favour of the original. I just only have seen the original. And I, it just really reminded me of reading the book that it's based on and not knowing, like, and I had no idea that he'd been made into a film. I read the book when I was about, I don't know, eight or nine. And I was like, oh, wow, it's like twins who've been separated mm -hmm. and then they've got these different parents and they've grown up in these different ways. Oh, my gosh. And then 
seeing the film, I was like, you can make films out of books? <laughs> this is amazing. Um, and then like my taste in films was was forged, I think. With uh, Parent Trap. I'm, Parent Trap. I'm surprised it was with Parent Trap and not Never Ending Story. Well, Never Ending Story just informs so much more. <laughs> sure. So much more. It's on my list. Don't worry. I'll, on my list of films to watch. No, not this list, but yeah, on my list of things to watch. So number five was uh, Gross Point Blank and number four was The Parent Trap. Yes. David, what's your number five and four? Uh, my number five is There's Something About Mary. Ben Stiller, Kevin Diaz, Matt Dillon. Yeah. Yes. Well, we know the story of Ben Stiller as a 16-year-old trying to go out with his date. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cameron and an Diaz. unfortunate accident occurs. Yes, yeah. an unfortunate <laughs> accident um, And if you're a male, you'll know all about that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and years later, was it six, 13, 16 years later, they, um, he decides he's going to try and reunite with her oh. and the adventure ensues. Absolutely. A Farrelly Brothers movie, right? So Brilliant. it's yeah. Brilliant, brilliantly funny. It's, it, it's, yeah, I remember the first, I remember where I was when I first watched that film. That's how I really, really enjoyed that film. Mm. What's your number four? <clears throat> Rich Man, Poor Man, which was a TV miniseries based on a book. Um, and Rich Man... It's about a family, mm-hmm. uh, an immigrant family, um, Jordash family, and basically one son grows to be rich, the other son, son becomes poor. They reunite towards the end of the miniseries. Okay. So, and it stars um, uh, God, Peter Strauss and Peter Strauss, Nick Nolte, and Edward Asner. Huh, as the okay. father, and <clears throat> it was it was a very very good uh, miniseries. It came Rich out man, night, poor man. Yeah, it came out in 1976. It was an Irwin Allen book, which was created for the screen, and it was um, yeah very very powerful drama. Mm. Like I said, um, the, the family family dynamics were that the father dro- drove a wedge between the two boys, and so they went their separate ways. Yeah. Like I said, one became rich, one became poor, but they reunited at the end. Um, if you can get to see the series, I'd say, yeah, from a nostalgic point of view, have a look at it. It's when you were describing dated. it, I, I thought you were talking Cain and Abel, which is Sam Neill and someone else, but it's it sounds very, similar. It's very similar, yeah. Okay. So, so number five was There's Something About Mary, and number four was Rich Man, Poor Man. Yeah, TV oh. miniseries, the whole lot. That's fine. We'll, we'll allow it. We'll allow well, it's film we, and TV. We said film. But fine. You're, you're Film right. and TV? Film and TV. We don't mm. give TV a lot of love, although the news was about um, Emmys. Mm-hmm. Um, so my number five is uh, The World's End, which is the third movie in the Edgar Wright Cornetto trilogy with Sam Pe- Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. It also has, um, I, I always forget his name, um, from uh, The Office, The Hobbit, um, and so on. Um, he plays... Watson on Sherlock Holmes. Martin Freeman. Thank you, Martin Freeman. Yeah, he's in there. Paddy Considine and uh, and another guy. I keep forgetting his name. Anyway, but yeah, so these friends, they grew up in, in school. They all went their separate ways. They grew up in separate... Whatever, and then they all come back. Simon Pegg is the the he was the charm the charmless. He was the the rough thug leader of their pack, and he went off, went left the city, went someplace else, and he's come back, and he, he obviously wants to do this pub crawl with them, where they hit different pubs uh, in their little small town, and it turns out that something else is happening in the town. It's it's a great it's it's 
out of the three in the Cornetto trilogy, it is my least favorite out of all three. However, when it comes to reunion movies, it's great because it just it's it just it reminds me of going back and hanging out with friends, which I've done recently. Friends I've grown up in college with, and so on. And then you meet up and you have drinks and just catch up and tell stories of old times. And you you find out about you know certain events and everything that had happened in the past that you see it through different eyes and so on anyway that's um the world's end my number four is the gift this is martin not martin freeman uh jason bateman and uh joel edgerton it's on netflix it's uh, martin freeman and i believe rebecca hall is his wife um they move back to martin to uh, jason bateman's hometown where Jason Bateman gets reunited with an old friend played by, well, his old friend, someone from his past, uh, played by Joel Edgerton, and there is something that happened to them in the past which comes up. I'm not going to say any more than that. It's a chilling thriller that builds up and it the twists that occur in it are great. So just a sharp turn from the, the world's end is The Gift. So my number five, The World's End. Number four, The Gift. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Acko. I'm Laura Sampson. And I'm David Campbell. And we're going on our top five favorite reunion films or TV shows. Laura, what's your number three and number two? I've got... Um, oh, I've got... I've just got too many again. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've got too many again. You've got too many. Yes. You know, you, you can you can stack okay, on stack I'm, on stack if you want. Joint third place sure. because they're both quite silly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, Blues Brothers. Oh, okay. <laughs> because in my band we just do so many Blues Brothers songs that I just can't not mention it. I've seen it quite a lot of time. That's how I know how to do the mashed potato and the boogaloo, the bony maroni and the twist dances. I'm sure Blues Brothers may be mentioned in someone else's list going around the table, but okay. It might. It might. Okay. Well, so that's uh, sub joint number three for me. Okay. And uh, Girls Trip is Girls my trip. other joint number three. It's... Um, oh, the Jada Pinkett... Jada Queen Pinkett Latif. Smith, Queen Latif. Uh, like, just a crazy disreputable, hilarious girls' weekend film. I okay. I watched that. I it's very like it's good. Is not the adjective I'd use to describe it. I didn't maybe. think I was gonna like that film. I went into that with very low expectations, but it, it, I I did, did like. Did you it come after. out with a little with a tear of laughter in your eye? Did you? I wouldn't go as far as saying a tear of laughter. I laughed tons of times. Tiffany Haddish is is funny. She's 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 real funny. Um, Jada Pinkett Smith she's terrifying <laughs> yes uh, Jada Pinkett Smith the thing is Tiffany Haddish you, it's I don't know her personally but in that film she comes across as that's her in real life um, but yeah she's very funny in it and I really enjoy it. I enjoyed it I enjoyed it anyway so that was your stack on stack you had Blues Brothers and Girls Trip what's your number two um, my number two is Like Father Like Son I think I've mentioned it Loads of times before, actually, only for the last year or so on this show. Um, a film directed by Hirokazu Koreeda. Mm-hmm. Um, he, what was the last, what was the last thing that he did? Can't remember. But this film is quite like quite a quiet sort of romantic comedy film about two babies who accidentally swapped over at birth, and their parents find out when each of the boys 
a six. Mm. And it's sort of like one one who'd been, one who, the son of an architect, like a high-flying architect guy has been brought up as the son of a guy who runs a repair shop. And the repair shop, the repair shop guy's son has been brought up in this kind of like you must win sort of atmosphere mm-hmm. and just some of some of the moments where they're just trying to these two really incompatible families who would never otherwise meet now have to sort of arrange a kind of a custody arrangement because the boys have become they're They've you know there's, the there's definitely and yeah. there's definitely a nature and a nurture element to both of them now and there. They're yeah. both a little bit mixed up, but don't want to lose touch with who they've thought were their parents all that time, but also have a really strong connection with the real parents. Okay. So, so yeah, it was just a, a beautiful, nuanced, like quite quiet, like gently funny. And that's film. like father, like son. Like father, like son. And your number three was Blues Brothers and Girls, uh, Girls Trip. Yes. Okay. David, what's your number three and number two? It's really funny because I had Blues Brothers in my list and I decided that I'd mentioned it so many times. Oh, you dropped it off your list? I just took it out. So I'm so glad someone else has put it in there. Fair enough. So my number three is Midsummer Night's Sex Comedy. That's Woody Allen, right? That's Woody Allen. And uh, I actually thought it was based on Midsummer Night's, but it's not. It's based on something else, So which is fine. It's basically uh, a couple, a gentleman... An older gentleman and his younger fiance go on to a country house that's uh, to stay with his cousin and her husband, and several other people turn up as well. Okay. And it's just all about the shenanigans that happen. But it's a reunion, yeah, of, of family and friends. It's it's one of Woody Allen's older films that I haven't seen. That and Annie Hall. I, I it's still from nineteen eighty two. It's yeah. it, and I remember it being really funny. So I just. So like it popped into my head something about Midsummer Night and uh, yeah, I found it. So yeah, that's one of those. Okay. So that's your number three. What's your number two? Uh, going to the other end of the spectrum, Sleepers. <laughs> okay. So from one comedy, from a comedy to, to a completely swing to... Completely something else. Um, Jason Patrick, um, there's, Jason yeah, there's Bacon. Nothing, there's not, not much nothing funny about, about that. that. Yeah. No. Nothing comedic about that in any way, shape or form. But it's, it was brilliant. It's a really, really good film. Very and, well acted. Huge, big cast. Mm, yeah, strong power. Really there. strong cast. What year was that? It that was, was 96. Six. Okay. Yeah. You're out just by a year, so don't, don't, don't castigate yourself. I saw it in 97. All oh, right, okay. Well... Fine. Yeah, pat my back. <laughs> you, you pat your back. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't reach that far. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah. Um, oh, what do I say? Um, basically, it's about a group of guys who uh, were basically abused, one of them murdered. And several years later, it's about how they exact revenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's about as much as I'm going to say about it. Because if you haven't seen it, I'm going to recommend that you go and see it. Yes, yeah, got Brad Pitt, Jason Patrick, uh, Dustin Hoffman, uh, Robert De Niro, and Kevin Bacon. Those yep. are some of the big names. Mini in Driver the, in, in there as Mini well. Mini Driver. And Dustin yeah. Hoffman. Sorry, Dustin Hoffman. Who did I say? Did you say? I Dust- did say Dustin Hoffman. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, he said. plays a lawyer and Robert De Niro plays yeah. a priest. Yeah, yeah, I said Dustin, so, you know. Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, so. Let's my- not tell him that. <laughs> no, no, please no. My, my number three, uh, it's, it, it's a double header, but it's the same film, Death at a Funeral. 
There's the UK version and there's the American version. The UK version has uh, Matthew McFadden. Um, oh, I, I keep forgetting her name, but it's his wife. Um, she's she's from The Bodyguard, the recent film, the recent TV show, The Bodyguard. Uh, anyway, it's it's about the family that come together um, to bury the dad, um, and it's and, and various secrets come out and so on and so forth. And in the American version, it's got it's Chris Rock. Um, uh, um, Jordan, oh, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, he's, oh, he's from Thirty Rock. Um, uh, yes, yeah, thank you. You just you just cycled me because I'm terrible names, and, and I don't know why. Tracy Morgan, oh, of course, Tracy Jordan from Thirty Rock. Tracy Morgan. It's got Regina Hall. It's got Zoe Saldana in it, which is one of the reasons why I like it. It's got Peter Dinklage in it as well. He comes in. He's one of the ones who breaks a massive secret about the dad and so on. It, it's it's called Death at a Funeral. It's a great film. You watch either the American version or the British version. Obviously, the comedy in both in either one reflects more of where it's come from so family reunions family reunion movies are always a bit uh, more awkward yeah. than the high school reunions like high school is like oh i was in love with you but you broke my heart families it's be, i think it's because with with uh with lots of oscars come from those type of films uh, yeah it's it, that's how it's 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 basically just the fact that with family reunion well with high school reunions you just have one one night you have to spend with them and you go away where with family reunions unfortunately you have to be there with them constantly anyway so that's my number three my number two is uh still crazy check out the cast list on this you've got bill nye you've got Stephen ray you've got uh billy Connolly, and so on and so forth um we'll go around quickly do number ones laura what's your number one my number one is Before Sunset. Before Sunset? Before Sunset. I am a softie. What can I say? David, what's your number one? Um, it's funny. I just just remembered, not one, well, so far, no no one said uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral, but it's not on my list. It's not really a reunion. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. I'll yeah. take it. Yeah. No, no, no. It's it's not on my list. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, on my list, my number one is all about my mother, uh, Almodovar film, which is uh, absolutely superb absolutely superb film okay and my number one is it's already been mentioned gross point blank i love it great film you've been listening to shoot the breeze on resonance 104.4 fm uh, i just want to say thank you very much for listening uh, laura thank you very much for coming back you're going to be still here it'd be good uh, my anyway, pleasure my pleasure so it was going to we're going to wrap up and just say thank you very much for listening and see you next week bye